And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And we are studying the book of Acts. Do we we still have the quiz going? Yes, we still have the quiz going. What number am I? It's actually a pretty good, easy number to, to guess. Mm-hmm. And we're now up to... Ooh, we up to I think we're up to uh, clue number four. Okay. okay. Clue number four coming right up. The number of gates on each of the four sides of the holy city, the New Jerusalem. So how many gates on each of the four sides? Mm. Okay. There you go. All right. So we're going to be talking about wise and unwise use of money this morning. And uh, so I think it actually is appropriate of how well this fits in with today's theme that we just finished talking about gambling. Mm-hmm. And uh, some, of the, some of the stories that you were sharing, Mon, uh, from just you know, having worked six hours in a news agent. Eight hours. Eight hours in over a news two agent. Days. Over yeah. two days. Over yeah, two days. Two for our shoots. You know, and you shared that one story <coughs> there. Um, but you know, before we get into this, just share one more story that uh, just to, because this yeah. is I sort of talking with you, I like sort of got the impression this is thing something that's just happening all day that these you know just tragedies yeah. just yeah. surrounded by tragedy. Yeah, it was a nonstop stream of people coming in and gambling. You could see on their faces that you know they're addicted to it. And uh, another one that shook me up was you know a father came walking past and he he had you know his daughter in uh, hand in one hand and his son's hand in the other hand, and they were walking along and, and he looked up and he saw the the lottery. Um, the advertisement for the games that were coming up, um, the draws that were coming up, and he did like a detour and it came vroom, straight into the counter. And his son was like, oh, what are we doing here, Daddy? And he's like, oh, I just want to check my Powerball. And, uh, and if I didn't want anything, I want to get another Powerball. And the son's like, oh, what's a Powerball, Daddy? And, uh, and the dad's like, oh, it means I'll never have to work again. And the daughter's like, really? You know, he's like, yeah, if I win. And I was just... Uh, I just I think like you know what is it you're teaching to your kids? Yeah. Like first of all, bad parenting one on one. Like you can't you can't be giving them this this is this good idea of what gambling is. You should be telling them the truth, and that is I'm throwing away money with very very little chance that I'll ever see it again. Mm-hmm. And second of all, why would you why would you want your kids to think that work is bad? Yeah, you you two <laughs> two messages right there. Yeah, two messages in one. Gambling is a good thing and working is a bad thing. Yeah, and I, I just I just constantly see these people who came in and they would have spent like hundreds of dollars on their tickets. I put the tickets through the machines. They discover they've won nothing. And instead of walking away, they want the exact same tickets printed out again and they spend like another couple of hundred bucks. And they're just, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars just wasted. And if you weren't listening before this uh, segment, uh, to our last segment, this is uh, why Mon is now currently um, looking for... Work again. Day- daytime work again <laughs> yeah. after the breakfast show. And so uh, if anyone's got some work out there that Mon can do, she is a talented person who can turn her hand to most things and uh, is looking for work that sort of starts at about 9.30 in the morning because we finish up here at about 9 o'clock, but a 10 mm-hmm. o'clock start would be about perfect for her. Uh, in the Newcastle area, so give us a call if you've got some some uh, a, a job going. You know, it's Is funny it? that um it, it had me it had me in a bit of a tailspin for a second because if you, if you told me before I started working there what the job would entail, I never would have done it. Yeah. Um. But then not knowing and then doing it and then getting paid to do it, I suddenly I had this you know this this sort of moral dilemma, which was weird because like. At no point did it become moral. It was always, you know, unethical. It's just suddenly I was being paid for it. And then, <laughs> and then oh, is it really become a grey area or is it just me wanting to get paid? <laughs> That's right. And, and it was, you know, Mon talked to me about it and I was like, well, I'm not going to tell Mon what to do in this kind of a situation. But I did sort of think, you know, we do cover gambling stories here on Faith FM and he, sometimes. And how am I going to deal with this if Mon's actually going to keep this job? But um, 
of course, you know, I think that you did what God wanted you to do and uh, had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I, I decided I wanted to honor God more than I wanted to honor my own need for my bills getting paid, fear of the Lord's going to sort it out for me one way or another. So don't need to dishonor him to do it. So so still surviving on three hours of work per day. So yeah, we need to we need to pray for Mon. Okay, let's go to the book of Acts. And uh, we're going to look at this uh, most interesting story today, a controversial story today, the story of Ananias and Sapphira struck dead by God for not handing over some money. Do you know, I always get these guys confused with that other Bible um, couple Aquila and Priscilla? All the time. Which <laughs> were the I, ones that were how good? Did I, how did I guess? <laughs> Anani- Why is Ananias and Sapphira, Aquila and Priscilla? Do they sound alike? No, but they're two couplings of weirdish names. And they're both in the New Testament. And they're both couples that work together. Except one worked together for good and one worked together for bad. And it's like, which one was which again? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully after today's Bible study, Mon, you'll have it stuck in your head and I'll ask you tomorrow which was the good couple, which was the bad couple. I'm going to create a memory link. Ananias and Sapphira. Sapphira got struck down by God. Not necessarily with fire, but that's how I'm going to remember it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we, have a, we have a mutual friend called Sapphire. Yeah, we do. We do indeed. It's a really pretty name and she's a lovely person. She is, yeah. It is yeah. a nice name. Um, this, of course, is the, um, I think it's the Hellenized version of it. Sapphira. Sapphira. Yep. Anyway. Uh, let's begin the story in Acts chapter 4 Acts chapter and four. verse 33. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, turning in my Bible. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Thank you. So this isn't... Interesting passage here, and from this passage, there have been those who have concluded that this is what all Christians must do. Mm. Sell everything, live on a commune, um, and have everything in common. Mm-hmm. Now, this was an experience that the early church went through. It's the only place that is recorded in the Bible. It is very clear that other Christian communities did not do as they are doing here. But it's also very clear from this passage that not every person who was a part of the Christian church did this. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're singling out Barnabas. Barnabas did this, and there were others who did this. So there's a lot of people that are doing this, but not everybody. This mm-hmm. is not a law that has been written down in the Bible. God is not commanding this. This was a choice that people made. Mm. And of course, as we've looked at before, communism is a perfect system if it is run by perfect people. That's right. There being no perfect people on the planet. It is an imperfect system, which mm-hmm. we have seen over and over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who have ever you know, been a part of a commune or lived on a commune or even lived in a, a commune-style society, uh, you know the, how the imperfections of humanity come into play in those kinds of environments and create very, very challenging circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the early church was operating this way uh, to a large extent, not to a total extent, and, of course, the example of Barnabas is given here, and Barnabas is somebody who uh, features prominently as we continue on through the book of Acts. He was a great missionary. He was a, um, a gentle-hearted, softer, forgiving kind of person. And the Bible says here, 
Um, he was the son of consolation. It's kind of a nice name, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is rather. Um, he was the contrast to the Apostle Paul, who comes in later, who was the hothead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Peter was a bit of a hothead as well. And, you know, it's not surprising that um, Peter and Paul came into conflict with each other, which you can read about in the book of Galatians. Very sharp conflict, even though it was in that case Peter that was doing the wrong thing. Okay, so they got this land, they sell this land, they um, lay it at the apostles' feet, the Bible says, they hand it over to the apostles, and the apostles then just divvy it up equally amongst the believers so that nobody is going without. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is a lesson here for us, and it uh, reminds me of the news story this morning we had about the uh, Islamic community in Tampa, Florida, who has offered the government to take on uh, nearly 2,500 children that have been separated from their parents and to um, give them foster homes until such time as they can be reunited with their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take them out of detention and put them in, you know, into the community. And you know, we're, we're told that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And, of course, they've looked at that and gone, yeah, okay, this is something we can provide. And it's a very, very positive thing to do to make sure that there's nobody that is actually in need. Mm -hmm. Now, when we continue on from this story, it now goes on to talk about Ananias and Sapphira, this particular couple, who are in a very similar situation to Barnabas. They also have a block of land. Why don't you read for us uh, verse, uh, verse 1 and 2 there. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. But with his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Okay, so was there a problem with keeping the rest? We're going to come back and talk about that in a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So as we noted earlier, there was no law here commanded by God or commanded by the apostles or anybody else that everybody had to sell everything they had, was there? Yeah. No, there's no law that says that. There's no command that says that. You won't find it anywhere in the Bible. This was a voluntary thing. Mm-hmm. So if you own a block of land, Mon, yeah. and you sell it, mm-hmm. can you do whatever you want with money? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if you want to donate the money, is that a good thing? Yep, Sure. And if you want to donate some of the money, is that a good thing? Still is, yeah. And if you want to donate some of the money and keep some of the other money for yourself, is there anything wrong with that? Not at all. Okay. It's my prerogative. Yeah. Uh, In this case, we find that Ananias and Sapphira, they sell a block of land and they're like, this is our land. We sold it. We've been blessed. We'll keep some of the money and we'll donate some of the other, another portion of the money. So what's the big deal? And God struck them dead. That seems a little extreme. It does seem very extreme, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Both of them did. We're going to read the story as we go through, and we need to figure out what on earth is going on here. Mm-hmm. Why does God strike these two people dead at this particular time? What kind of a message is God trying to communicate? And how could this be something so bad that it brings the death penalty? Yeah. I mean, if you had a friend who said, hey, I'm going to sell my land and I'm going to uh, give you the money from the land. Mm-hmm. And they sell a block of land and they bring a bunch of money to you. Are you going to ask any questions? No, they can tell me whatever they want. If they give me money, that's fine with me. <laughs> exactly. They can tell they me can this, say, this amount or that yeah, amount was, doesn't matter. Was this, was this really the whole amount? 
I wouldn't care less. I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> You're not going to turn around like, you know what? They didn't give me the whole amount. Therefore, I'm going to kill them. Yeah, no. Okay, so you wouldn't do that. No way. I'd be so grateful they gave me any sum of money. Shouldn't God be the same? Shouldn't he be just grateful that they gave him any sum of money? Yeah. I mean, well, it's not nice that they lie. So what you're saying there is such a is weird that lie. You're, you're, more, you're more moral than God. Or maybe I'm just more desperate than God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mon needs a job. (laughs) Another job. This is a great job here, but it's three hours a day. Um, But it it actually makes me wonder, you know, why why Ananias and Sapphira felt they had to tell a porcupine about it. It's such a weird lie to tell. Like what what motivated them to tell that lie? Okay, let's read the story, shall we? Okay, yeah. And the story is going to become plainer as we work through it. Um, okay, so verse 2, they kept bar- back part of the price, um, his wife also being in on the conspiracy, and bought a certain part of it and gave it to the apostles. Verse 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And what happened? As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, took him out and buried him. So that was uh, rather quick, wasn't it? That was super quick. Yeah, back in those days, of course, they didn't have uh, you know morgues and refrigeration and that kind of thing. And so when somebody died, it was wise to bury them straight away. Mm-hmm. And of course, we, we have that custom continuing on in the Middle East today where every attempt is made when somebody dies in Middle Eastern culture, um, that they, they're buried the same day they die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um it's only in the rarest circumstances and it's considered to be, you know, a tremendous insult, shame, whatever, if they are not buried that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what happens. Now, you think about that. Your husband has has, has, has gone off to um, hand over this money and doesn't come back for a while. What are you going to do, Mon? Go look for him. Go look for him. And uh, when you get there, what happens? So Safara goes to look and what does she find out? What happens? About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. She doesn't know what's gone on. No. Now, when I read this story here, it's sort of a little bit like, all right, what's going on? Because if... uh, you know, if I'd have been Peter in this kind of a situation or one of the other apostles, the first thing that would have gone through my mind when, An- my mind when Ananias is died, you know, go find the widow mm-hmm. and provide comfort and counselling. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you can't find the widow. Let's say she was out shopping mm-hmm. and she then just turns up. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you're going to say to her? I'm really sorry for your loss, but your husband has died. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty hard thing to do and it's going to be pretty shocking and terrible. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the line, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Peter asks this question. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says, how much did you sell the land for? Is this how much you sold the land for? And what does she say? She lies and says, yes, that was the price. Ah, that's which is, which is, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keep reading for us there. 
Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone who heard, and everyone else who heard what happened. Okay, so this is a this story is really really out there. Yeah, yeah. How, okay, let's say that you're a church member at this particular time. What are you thinking? I would be scared into obedience. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh mercy, let me not lie about anything." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that would. And do you think that is what God is trying to accomplish here? He's trying to terrify people so that they obey Him. No, because that's never been God's method of you know. He's always wanted to win people through His love and through His character. But, but this story tells the opposite. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still like, why would they lie? It's such a weird. Why didn't they say, "Nah, we only decided to give you ninety percent. We kept ten percent." Like. Whose business is it? It's just such a weird lie to have told. Maybe they were trying to make themselves look good. For the, what purpose? Like make them look like they were like, you know, really uh, like another Barnabas. You know, they'd made a huge donation and how great they were for handing over such a, you know, fat sum of cash. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a, here's a little bit of a hint. Uh, who does, what does, what does Barnabas go on to, to do later on in his life? Well, he goes and becomes a missionary. Yeah. Yeah. He rises to prominence in the mm-hmm. Christian church. Mm-hmm. So you think that Ananias and Sapphira could have risen to prominence? Yes. And then been sort of falsies? Yes. This is the f- earliest example in the Bible, in the New Testament, of checkbook politics. Ah. Now, there are some people in the community who are listening into the radio right now who can remember what a checkbook was. Do you, have you ever owned a check account? I've never, no, I know what they are because my mum and dad used to use them and I used to play with the old ones uh-huh. and uh, and also because I've lived and worked in America where they still use yeah, I know, them. America is hilarious. Yeah. They don't even have tap as you go in America, you know, with your are credit you card. No, 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 anything like that. you got to, you know, you know, sign or pin for everything and um, and you still people see people writing out a check for their groceries. Yeah, It just yeah. does my head in, you're lining up and writing. They're, they're really pretty though, American. They have like, oh yeah. Like printed with like your picture on it or something like that and so every check has your face your family or your car or something i've seen lots of really pretty checkbooks but yeah i've never it may, used it makes one. me it makes me proud to be in australia when i go to a grocery <laughs> shop in america it's like yes we have a better oh, uptake actually, of um, new technology than america does but we are closer to the mark of the beast than they are because we're <laughs> much more into um, cashless society i've never i've never uh use a checkbook myself and written any checks but i have received a couple of checks in my time yeah you know in what America. we received a check this year i can't remember what it was for but it was from the government mm, yeah it was like a refund or something yes, rather, and it yep, came in the form yep. of a check and i'm like what, what the heck I what do i do with these. this <laughs> yeah, i haven't seen one of these for a long time it's such a pain in the neck to deal with you got to take them to the bank and put them in the bank and all that i had kind of to stuff. google what to do with the checks that i got i was like do i take them to the bank they're issued from or do i take them to my bank or do i take them to <laughs> i was like what happens with this <laughs> this is so speaks a millennial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I frame it? Should I keep this forever? <laughs> Is this worth anything in a museum? <laughs> anyway, checkbook politics, huh? Checkbook politics. That's what we used to call it back in the day, back in the 90s when people still used to use checks. We called it checkbook politics and this was a situation where you would find people who would make large donations to 
a particular project in the expectation of something in return, usually a position of power or influence. Doesn't the Bible say something about not letting your right hand know when your left hand is making That's exactly what the Bible says. And uh, we're going to um, listen to Carly Fletcher right now. But when we come back, we're going to read about that. Mm. And we're going to look at the principle here that's involved because there is a trap here. But this is Carly Fletcher with Not Ashamed. May I never blush May I never whisper May I shout your name out loud Jesus Christ is Lord He is King of all I am not ashamed to tell the world I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ I am not ashamed to speak Carly Fletcher with Not Ashamed here on Faith FM. And welcome back, everybody. We are in the book of Acts. We've got another clue, clue for the quiz. Yes, we do. <clears throat> it's our final clue, actually. Mm-hmm. What number am I? The number of men Nebuchadnezzar commanded to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Hmm. Mm. How many went into the fiery furnace? 
Yeah, and then and then there was a surprise because when they counted, there was an extra up, one. There was an extra one. Yeah. That's right. Great story, right there. Yeah, give us a call. One eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. You'll get the prize if you tell us the right number. One of my favourite stories in the Bible. Okay, let's go back to this strange story in the Book of Acts: Aquila and Priscilla, mm. and let's talk about Aquila and Priscilla, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> I believe I did that. You just embedded that in my mind. What are you doing? Uh, suckers. It's Ananias and Sapphira, not Priscilla and Aquila that we're talking about today. Okay. Priscilla and Aquila, however, amazing evangelistic couple in the Bible. Yes, Ananias and Sapphira, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira. Let's think about this. When Ananias and Sapphira do this particular thing, how big was the Christian church? About 5,000-ish. Yeah, about 5,000-ish. How big is the Christian church today? Like squizillions-ish? Yes. Yeah. Um, How new was the Christian church? How old was the Christian church when this happened? A couple of months. Oh, at the most, yeah, possibly yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. This is just, you just, just weeks into the history of the Christian church. Mm-hmm. So let's think about this then. Let's say that you have an issue such as this one. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of things when you try and keep them a secret, often don't become a secret. Mm-hmm. Let's say that they lie. Mm-hmm. As a result of lying, everyone goes, "Oh, wow, these are good people." Yeah. Um, because they've done this great deed, let's let's we need to have them as people of influence. Mm-hmm. So let's place them in positions of power, mm-hmm. and a great scandal breaks out. Yeah, how is this going to affect the foundation of Christianity? It's, it's going to totally undermine what they're trying to do. Yep. And it's going to make them look like fools. I mean, much the same way that now when scandals break and we have, you know, all these these uh, Catholic priests who are, you know, abusing children and then it just makes the church look so bad. And how many enemies did the church have at this particular oh, point? Scads and scads of enemies. Everybody, absolutely, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. So can God afford to have major scandal right in the first few weeks of Christianity? No, absolutely not. Um, and so, you know, I've got a situation right now where I've got a friend, um, a couple of friends actually, who, um, and, and, and somebody else that I you know, used to know quite well as well. And, you know, he's gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. And in the process of going off the rails, he is acting in a very, very unethical manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the cost of you know, like $400,000 cost to my other two Christian friends. Oh, goodness. So, you know, the three of them were kind of working together there mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's a really, it's, it's, it's a very, very unethical thing that this person is doing is basically taking $400,000 and like, yeah, thank you very much mm-hmm. and walking away. Mm-hmm. And we all sort of sit back and like, okay, well, the direction that your spiritual life is gone, um, this is the kind of thing that uh, we expect from, you know, um, people that, you know, take these, you know, particular paths in their in their Christian journey. Um but at the same time, it you know, whenever you have something like that, it's a great scandal, and it just it tears you know tears ministries apart, it tears churches apart. It uh, this you know, and, and and God wants to communicate something here. So what is God going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, God steps in and He takes the lives of these two individuals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right here. I guess it's almost, if you look at it, like it's almost as if he's dealing with another Judas issue. It's exactly what yeah. he's dealing with. Because just like Judas, you know, um, 
they are, selling, they are really selling looked, their souls for money. Yeah, they, they, probably, they probably looked pretty good if they were allowed to go through with that lie. Mm-hmm. They looked good, just like Jews look good. They would have bought themselves a position of power mm-hmm. the people, and influence. The people would have put them on a pedestal and uh, and just like Judas would have And then it would have come havoc. out and by the time it came out, it would have been like, oh, well, you know, there's a bit of a grey area and they're already in power and you know, mm-hmm. you would have had corrupt people in power, people who are prepared to tell lies mm-hmm. and it would have weakened the Christian church at a critical yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas by God stepping in and acting in a very severe way, mm-hmm. God has sent a message at the foundation of Christianity for Christianity for all time. For the kind of people that he wants running the church. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. It was a strict message because it's a you know it's an important role. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yeah, we, we look at this and say, okay, that was really uh, quite severe there. But in many ways, this was an act of mercy because it preserved uh, the Christian church. And if God had not done this at that particular time, there is every likelihood that you and I wouldn't be here today because, you know, a great scandal breaks out, particularly a financial scandal. Mm. You know, the two big scandals mm-hmm. that Christianity is afflicted with are uh, financial scandals mm-hmm. and moral scandals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your Catholic Church and your other churches, all, all churches involved in you know, child sex abuse, mm-hmm. massive scandal. Your American televangelists, when they just start ripping people off and living luxurious lives and being completely unethical as far as, um, you know, finances goes, it just disgusts people yeah, yeah. to the max. Mm-hmm. And so when God steps in and actually does something about it, you know, because there's no way as human beings that we would do something like this about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We, just, we just simply wouldn't. Um, and, uh, and, and so as a result of that, um, you know, God steps in, God does something drastic, and it sends a very, very clear message to both Christians and the enemies of Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 God doesn't you know just doesn't stand for this kind of thing. So checkbook warriors, you know, if we wanted to donate money, how does the Bible say that we should donate money? That's a really good question. The answer is found in Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six, and verse I think it's verse twenty three. No, it's not verse twenty three. It's here somewhere. Uh, verse three. There we go. Verse three. It says, "And when you give alms." As my old English version, arms being gifts, mm-hmm. charity. When you give to charity, do not let your do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you give to charity, don't tell people. Yeah, don't you know, if you if you hand some money over with your right hand, don't even tell your left hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to know about that. Mm-hmm. It goes on. It says um, um, that your gifts may be in secret, and your father, which sees in secret, himself shall reward you openly. I think there's a, a couple of cultures who sort of applaud this kind of like, you know, humble giving. And then there's some cultures who are like, why wouldn't you like trump up your, your goodness and tell everyone about how that, you know, you made a massive donation, how wonderful you are and everyone should know. But, you know, the Bible clearly says, you know, we should um, only tell God. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a, uh, a caller who's called through with a really good comment. Oh, um, yeah. On the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and um, Leon has mentioned that um, Ananias and Sapphira kept a parachute in case God didn't ca- take care of them like they felt they needed. Mm, yeah, it's a good. So you know, we, we we do this right now, 
and uh, and, and well, well, what if? What if God mm-hmm. doesn't look after us? So this was a really a demonstration of a lack of faith, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a number of different things that are coming into play here with this particular story. We also have a winner for the quiz. Ooh. Um, and I believe that. No, they're not on the not on the phone right now. Um, but congratulations to Mary Hornby um, from the suburb of Pelican. Not quite sure what um, suburb, what state that's in, but I think it's right here in New South Wales, yep. in uh, the Lake Macquarie area. And uh, the 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 winning number was three. Good on you, Mary from Pelican. It's exactly yes. the answer we were looking for. I'm, I'm still annoyed that we still can't get it quicker than Lyle, but I'm really happy you got it. And we're going to send you a Soyan Eastern album. The king of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I'm nothing like if I. Just 
darkness faileth never Good Shepherd, may I sing your praise Within your house forever Within your house forever Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au.
You were listening to Grego Pillay with Brighter Days there. And of course, if you'd like to hear Grego Pillay sing live, then head to the Toronto Seventh-day Adventist Church on a Saturday morning where he is the pastor and uh, worship leader there. So um, we have come to our question of the day. The uh, quiz has been snapped up by Mary Hornby. I must say that um, Zainab? Mm-hmm. Called through on the very first clue, yes, and got it right. So yeah, good big shout out, Zaynab. good shout out to say, big shout out to say Neb. But um, of course, we only uh, give one prize per person per month, and uh, Zainab likes to call in um, whenever she knows the answer, and we we, we, we appreciate that fact. And yeah, uh, Zainab is a good Bible student. She, she she gets a prize every month, and the rest of the time she calls in for bragging rights. So. Yeah, <laughs> she can uh, have them because she's a, absolutely. She, we love our regular listeners. Good morning, Zainab. How are you doing over there in South Australia? Good to hear from you again today. And congratulations on getting the uh, getting the uh, on the quiz right before Lyle, dude. <laughs> yes, she did. The first time that's ever happened. Yes, yes, indeed. But uh, Mary will be sending you the prize this morning. Uh, you get a Soyan Eastern album. Now, Lyle, our cue of the D. Yes. And by the way, dear listeners, if you have a question, particularly about the Bible, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. We love getting questions about the Bible. Lyle answers them live on air. Now we have a question that kind of scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, at first it didn't because it sounds like a nice word and then when I Googled it, it got a bit scary. Yeah. So the question is, what is Gehenna? Okay, so just Google the word Gehenna. And look and, up and Google Images <laughs> and hold on to your seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Gehenna, this is an interesting one. The Bible speaks about Gehenna in Mark chapter 9 um, where the Bible says in verse 43, if your hand offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So okay. you look at me like, what's this got to do with Gehenna? Yeah, worms and fires and quenching. Okay, this is a this is a really weird verse, and there's some been some strange doctrines that have grown out of it. Okay, uh, one of those doctrines being that somewhere inside of you there is a worm. Ooh, well, and that true. worm is your soul. <laughs> My so soul wondered, is a worm. Ever wondered what your soul looks like? Is a worm. Some people argue it is a worm. <laughs> And your soul will never die. That worm will float away and uh, live somewhere else after you've died, um, either in heaven or in hell or when some church is in limbo or purgatory. Or just in some soil maybe, just munching yeah, well, Okay, so, so, so people are like, what on earth is Jesus talking about here? Because it talks about hell, right? Uh-huh. And the fire that will never be quenched. It's never going to go out mm-hmm. where the worm never dies. Mm-hmm. And so they've linked that up with the immortality of the soul and gone, oh, well, the worm must be the same thing as the soul. Mm-hmm. They have missed a very significant point mm-hmm. right here. Which the is? Bible doesn't use the word hell. Okay. The, word, the Greek word for hell is Hades. Uh-huh. It doesn't say Hades here. It says Gehenna. Gehenna. Yeah. Which is not like a henna tattoo or anything. No, it's not like a henna tattoo. Okay. Gehenna was a place um, just outside of Jerusalem um, in the Valley of Hinnom, hence Gehenna, Hinnom. Mm-hmm. It was in the Valley of Hinnom and it was the rubbish dump and still is, by the way, if you go there today. It's oh, about, yeah? It's about 100 feet shallower than it used to be because it's been filled up with rubbish for the last goodness knows how many, mm-hmm. you know, 4,000 years or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, it looks just disgusting and terrible. Um, but, yeah, it's a valley just outside of Jerusalem and it was the rubbish dump. Mm-hmm. The significant thing was that... They had people, you know, your council employees of the day employed to look after the rubbish dump. And their job was to burn all of 
the rubbish. Mm-hmm. Now, this was an agrarian society where the primary means of transport was animals. Um, so you would often get a lot of bodies that were thrown in there as well. Mm-hmm. Bodies of animals or also bodies of beggars. Okay. Who couldn't afford a funeral. Mm-hmm. They would be thrown into the rubbish dump. Mm-hmm. And so those who tended Gehenna kept the fire going there all the time, just burning rubbish constantly. There was mm-hmm. you, you never got an end to it. You had to get rid of it, and so they would burn it. But when bodies were thrown in there, either of animals or of beggars, of course a body is, what, 70% water? Yeah. So they would put the body aside to let it dry out a bit before it before they would burn it. And, of course, you know, if the worms got into it, the maggots got into it, it would dry out all that much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Gehenna was known for two things. Number one, a Three things, sorry. The fire never went out. There was lots of worms there, always alive, and it was a place of total destruction. Mm. And so Jesus uses it. He points to it and says, okay, you want to know what hellfire is like? It's like this. Total, complete annihilation. Nothing left.
That was Francesca Battistelli, Battistelli here with If We Are Honest. Batter something. Yeah, I, I just butchered that name. I'm pretty sure it's Italian. And uh, all the Italians out there, please forgive me for my pronunciation this morning. Well, Lyle, we've our favourite part of the show. Yes. Well, my favourite part. Give it away. away More blessed to give stuff. than receive, so we always give get a bigger blessing than you guys do. But get ready to dial. I'll give you the number now so that you can be the first caller through. We had somebody the other day who contacted us on Facebook and said, hey, I called through and I never got a prize. And so we looked up when the phone call had actually been made and it was like uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm thinking, yeah, a little bit late. Mm, Let's go to the first caller through. So here's what you need to do to be the first caller through. You need to save this number in your phone so that you can just hit dial as soon as you hear what the prize is. So here it comes. Ready? 1-800-324-843. Otherwise known as 1-800-FAITH-FM. Now, and, Lyle, of course, you can text us mm-hmm. yeah, before you get there. Go you on. just really want to give something away, don't you? Go on, go on, yes. You can text us on 0491-064-669 or contact us through any of our social media, um, Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. How are we supposed to give this away without our left hand knowing what our right hand's doing? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. that's a bit of a major problem, isn't it? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Okay, today we are giving we're, we're away. We tell the whole of Australia. Yeah, the whole of Australia. Uh, we are giving away ten days prayers and devotions to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit by Dennis Smith. I thought this would be a lovely giveaway because we talked um, at length today about you know um, gambling, about money, about um, lying to God, and you know if you're struggling with those things, then um, you probably need to have a bit of a, a, a heart change and uh, and some Holy Spirit in your life. And this mm-hmm. book is uh, a wonderful way to reconnect with God and to um, indeed um, uh, you know, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this is a wonderful book. It goes over uh, 10 days and so it has each chapter per day and has wonderful, it feels uh, filled with discussion questions and prayers and it's a really wonderful book. Fantastic. And highly recommended. I know lots of people have been hugely blessed by it, including myself. Mm, indeed. Give us a call now. We'll send that out to you free of charge, of course, with maybe even a Faith FM bumper sticker in there for good measure. Oh, we like to give our bumper stickers away. We do. Yeah. Big prize there. Yeah, yeah. Massive. Cost, massive. cost us My so favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. We have more great programming coming up after this. And, of course, Lyle and I will be back with The Breakfast Show tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a wonderful day having you here. And, of course, if you're listening to this and it's not Thursday, you're on the delayed broadcast. Jump across to the live show. Just go to faithfm.com.au or download the TuneIn app and press play. You're listening to Faith FM and uh, we love your company. See us again tomorrow.